The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Deep Dish Pizza, Tavern Style Pizza, Quad Cities Pizza. This week, we try it all in Chicago. Destination, eat, drink. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink. We'll try all the pizza Chicago has to offer, plus what to drink with it. Download the podcast today at radiomisfits.com. Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California. Welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Uh, I don't know. A little more there. A little more? It sounded like a Moon Mountain District wine. Ooh, it's <laughs> sensual, <laughs> sensual and soft. But a little rocky. <laughs> hey, welcome to the Winemakers. This is Brian Casey with Bart Hansen and Sam Katuri, And we got a special show for you today because we are doubling up. But double with a connection. Trouble, triple double trouble. trouble. Really. We got Corbin Main from Corbin Cameron. We got Danny Faye from Hill of Tara. And... Got a little connection Katie between Katie the two of us. Uh, sorry, and Katie. Those of you, if, I'm sure you remember Katie and Danny from our most favorite um, Instagram post with, uh, the most with them, podcast with them singing oh uh, up at Bart's house. Little Adele action? But let's make sure this is Corbin's. Um, episode. So, oh, thanks, you know, thanks, we, we do want to make sure Danny's been here. Of course, Katie can come anytime she wants, but, um, but but it is Corbin's episode. All right, well, Corbin, take it away. Jeez. So how, how do we start? Well, um, you got a bunch of wines in front of you. We could start there. We could start talking about uh, how you ended up uh, on the top of the mountain. Yeah, there you go. You know, the, the, the one of, if not the highest points in the Moon Mountain District? Highest Highest vineyard in the AVA. Highest so, vineyard in the AVA. Yeah, so my parents started looking for property uh, in the valley starting in 1997. Probably drive my sisters and I up uh, every single weekend from the peninsula. And we hated it. We didn't know what they were doing. Uh, <laughs> just being stuck on that drive every weekend sucked. But then we did that for two years straight, and pretty much all of the property that they sold were mostly on the valley floor. Didn't like that. It wasn't uh, too private, et cetera. So... We started going up into the mountains. So the property that we're on right now, basically where Cavedale and Trinity intersect uh, almost, that was the first kind of um, mountain property that they stepped foot onto, uh, and quickly just, they just fell in love with the views up there. So we're right on the ridge, uh, about 2,300 feet in elevation, um, pretty much southwest, westward-facing slopes, um, and the highest vineyard in, in the AVA. And on a clear day, you can actually see the Pacific Ocean up there. So. I'm still waiting to climate. get up there for one of those days where you can see the... Have you been there when you can see the ocean? Uh, there's a wall of fog right around right. Sebastopol, yeah. technically. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's where you're just like, are. oh, just right past <laughs> that. Just close your eyes right and imagine there, it. wall of fog. Yeah. It's the vineyards. <laughs> west, west Sebastopol. So, what, what, let's talk, talk A, you know, kind of give us the... I guess you'd have to go to 33,000 foot elevation view of to get, you know, 1,000 feet above... <laughs> Moon Ridge, what's there and, and what it looked like yeah. in 1999 when when your family set foot in 
did you buy the vineyard or did you buy the views? I so, mean, or was there a vineyard? And and it is the ridge top. Yeah, I mean, so around I, the ridge, so views of both valleys. Um, and I think what was beautiful about that spot was that it was already pretty much uh, had great exposure. The previous owner cleared out a lot of the land. He was a very eccentric guy. I've cleared out the land for his two horses. So we didn't really have to do much work at all. We're like, oh, this is easy. We'll grade a little bit and call it a day and, and plant. So it was pretty much cleared uh, as pasture land for his two horses. Huh. So we planted about 16 acres there in 2000, um, pretty much just a cabin below. And then we uh, planted some Malbec, Cap Franc, and Petit Verdot in 2002. So focus on Bordeaux varieties. And, and was their intention to um, plant a vineyard? I mean, that's, yes. that is what they were looking for. They Very weren't just so. looking for property. Yeah, so they, they wanted a house that they – they knew they wanted a house, but the, the vineyard was kind of the, 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 the main factor of them going up there. So father was really just kind of he, – he moved to San Francisco uh, in the 70s, so real important kind of time in the California wine industry. Um, and he, he loved to drive, so he would take weekend drives up uh, up to Sonoma Valley, uh, tasted wines, kind of was doing a little drinking and dri- driving probably. It was <laughs> the 80s. Yeah, you know? That was natural. That was just yeah. called getting places, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Straight and right back out. So he, he just fell in love with wine, and he loved the nuance of it. Um, and he really started to, to enjoy wine at the dinner table. So... Uh, one of the main reasons why he chose that site too, a little cooler climate up there. So he really wanted to ask different wines that he can enjoy with dinner, et cetera. So the intention was always to, was to always plant a vineyard. I love this. And what kind of, like what kind of experience did your dad have as far as besides consumption? That's it. (laughs) That's it. So you guys just decided to buy a piece of property on the top of a hill and start putting in vines and, and it was always a learning process for, for the both of us. I mean, I was 13 at the time, so I went off, to, to high school in Virginia and then college in Boston. So I really only saw what was going on during the summertime, so I really had no idea what was happening. And then not my... Not place to spend your summers, though. Not at all. <laughs> well, now, and, and, and who planted it? Did Phil no. plant it? No. no, so Phil started working uh, with us in 2013. Um, so the previous vineyard manager, his name was Javier Renteria, planted it. We met him across the street at what, what's now uh, Stone uh, Silver Cloud. yeah. So, uh, planted in 2000, um, and we just kind of started to slowly add things to it. Um, so, and what were they doing? What, what did your family do with the grapes in those days? Uh, we, we sold it? some of it to our winemaker at the time, who was Robert Peppy Jr. And then we would make wine at the same time. So, so they were making wine off the property from the beginning. From also. the, from the get go. So 2004 is our first vintage. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then I came back after after my undergrad, uh, took a wine appreciation course just to learn what my father was doing. I was like, "Wow, this is freaking awesome!" Um, so, so was, when there was wine on the, t- were you drinking wine as a kid growing up? Or was there sure? I would have a sip here and there, right? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. But at the same time, all I thought growing up was like, "Great wine equaled Cabernet Sauvignon," because that's what my dad drank. It was just right. California Cabernets, and that's what I was all exposed to. So it was kind of one-dimensional to me, et cetera. And then I started taking the wine appreciation class and started learning about different wines. I was like, wow, this is really freaking cool. So after that, um, kind of came back, uh, started uh, in 2008 with the e-commerce, uh, building up distribution, et cetera. So um, yeah, then started spending more time in the vineyard uh, and cellar. Um, yeah. And you guys are, and you're living up on top of the hill at this point. I mean, you guys built a, built a house? So the house was already there. 
uh, the previous owner had a house. Um, and then, yeah, I'm the only one that's currently living up there right now full time. I'm in an Airstream right now. That's pretty sweet, by the way. Yeah, t- tell people why, because the last time I was up there, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a little different. <laughs> so, yeah, 2017 uh, fires uh, affected us badly. We lost all the structures on the property. Sam gave me, I remember that f- that yeah, phone that call. A, you were in, I was in Bordeaux. Yeah, I was working in Bordeaux uh, at the time. I came, I came home after work and swapped out my SIM cards. Okay. Uh, and good, I came back to thing. 75 text messages. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, like something happened. Like this can't be good. And everyone was just like fire, fire, fire. And normally it's always kind of like, oh, it's up in Lake County. Friends would text me like, oh, there's fire in Sonoma. Are you okay? I was like, yeah, don't worry. That's far away. But this time it was just like right down the street. And it was just like, oh, great. And then, I mean, they held the fire there for a couple of days at Cave Dale. And then Sam finally called me. I think it was on Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, and he was like, sorry, I mean, took the house. I was like, you know what? It's not your fault. You just had to deliver the bad message. I figured it'd be better to see it, to hear it before yeah. you yeah. saw it on social media or something. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, thanks for calling me the second that happened that way. Yeah, and my family was like, yeah, keep us updated the entire time. And it was just weird because I would, the time zone differences, Sam called me, and then I would call them back at, the PST and be like, hey, just relaying the message in the middle of the night, et cetera. Okay, that was probably an early morning Wednesday phone call. Yeah, that was about five o'clock in the afternoon in Bordeaux. Yeah. So that's, what time is that here? Anybody? Yeah, you nine, o'clock. Oh, nine o'clock in the morning? Nine oh. All right, well, I talked to other Anyways. people before I called you. So do you guys have plans to rebuild <laughs> up there? Yeah, so we already we broke down last March um, and we're. Because for those people that don't know, this is not an easy spot to get to. When I was up there and, and looking at the damage, I was yeah. like, fuck, to plant, I mean, to to build another home up here, like I was almost thinking it would be easier to drop supplies from a helicopter than to go up that road. Yeah, which actually isn't the case, too, because we, we, we got the second... <laughs> we second, looked into <laughs> it. <laughs> the second we, we learned that the house burned out, my older sister, Kristen, she started looking at things we could do to, to temporarily uh, live up there. So she found this cool container, converted container. And it was a 40-foot container. And <laughs> the guys were like, we can't get that up there. I'm like, yeah, you can. Like, we get we get stuff up there all the time. So they priced out what it would cost to helicopter it up. I think it was like $20,000. Like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so it was much easier just just to, to flat bed everything up there. But, yeah, it is it is a very curvy road. Very, but they, yeah. they do it. Well, I mean, Cavedale itself... Is a pain. Yeah, Trinity, Trinity is not, ain't that great. No, but your driveway is. Yeah, it was sketchy too. When they were getting yeah, the, the forty up. foot container up there too, it was it was a kind of squirrely last turn up there. Yeah. And I at one point it was on half its wheels. I was like, mm. it finally made though. It was a close call. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, and I mean we had twenty acres planted. Now there's about let's say seventeen acres planted up there. We're working on a replant project uh, right now, so. Yeah. But there was there no there wasn't vineyard loss. There was some vineyard there was loss. There was about five percent vineyard loss directly from the fire uh, burning the vines themselves, and then a lot of subsequent damage from right. heat stress. Um, the intense heat just kind of stressed out the vines, weakened root systems, etc. So it, at some point in 2018, we're like, this is not worth farming because the vines are just so stressed. So um, a lot of the uprooting that took place uh, was was from. Uh, stuff after the fact. Right. 
Yeah. Well, what, what was kind of cool the last time I did a tasting up there was, you know, sorry to hear about your house, but it was interesting to just taste up on the top of the mountain. Basically, I think I was sitting on top of one of the one yeah. of the trailers. Yeah. And so the focus was just the wine. It wasn't and and the view and the property like you, the, the house was gone. Yeah. And that's what I mean. That's what it always should be about. Right. It's just that the shiny house shouldn't matter. It should be. Yeah. It should be the vines and being in the vineyard and seeing what's going on there. Because, I mean, all, all of the shiny stuff with bells and whistles, winery-wise, et cetera, that's more after the fact. And we really want to make wines in the vineyard. So that should be the focal point. Yeah. But, yeah. And it's being up on the top of the container is, too, is cool, too, just because you see the views uh, and the panoramic views. And I guess the one silver lining for the fire is that it gave us so much more cool vantage spots. I mean, we lost a couple of tree stands. Right. It was like, oh, that well, sucks. But wait a second, that looks beautiful now. I didn't think yeah. we could see that before. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. All right. So we got all these weird... Before we started recording, Danny and, and Corbin asked what the like ceiling on how many wines we could taste in one episode would be. And, you know, I don't think we're going to get there, but um, we should probably start, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so, already... There's a lot. Oh, you're on number two? Well, we'll the soft long. Okay. After. Yeah, well, this time... Yeah. So everyone has a 2018 SB in the glasses. Except for, um, except for me. Maybe that's why. I'm, we'll get, I'm just get out of here. I'm on the other end of the table. I feel really <laughs> neglected. I only have my own wine, and and finally my bottle of Hilatara <laughs> allocation <laughs> came in, although it's already opened. <laughs> Credit card declined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the wrong number, probably. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway, so 2018 SB is in everyone's glasses. So so when we started farming Gangley in 2013, there was just kind of one block that was a problem block um, of Cabernet. And we're just like, okay, we, we want to bud something over to it. Uh, what do we do? And my father and I really um, loved it, Sauvignon Blanc. So we were like, okay. Brothers River Sauvignon Blanc, about an acre and a half, and then uh, a little bit of Semyon, too. And the Semyon was just, the block that it's currently in was just high mildew pressure every year. We knew once we started farming organically, we wouldn't be able to to, to do that anymore. So decided to head train it just to get as much airflow as possible. Um, and it's a beautiful Sauvignon Blanc. Um, so the Semyon is head trained or the Sauvignon Blanc? Is the Semyon is. Yeah, the, the Sauvignon Blancs we right. owe. Um, and... That was it's such a devigoring site that Sauvignon Blanc is on. So when we butted over, we're like, okay, perfect, um, perfect replacement variety there, um, because Sauvignon Blanc is so vigorous. Um, but yeah, so this is ninety percent Sauvignon Blanc, ten percent Semillon, um, whole cluster pressed. Um, we always, with our elevation up there and um, just kind of that maritime influence, the Sauvignon Blanc is always very acid driven, so we want to do as much as we can to really fatten it up. I think 2018 came in at around 3.105 pH. Wow. So, well, do you find that the Semillon gives you a little bit of exactly. that fattening? So the Semillon really fattens it up, uh, rounds it out. Um, doing a little bit more lee stirring every year, just. But I mean, this is not a fat wine. No, that's not at this all. is oh, it, 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 like like if it didn't have the Semillon, it'd be hard to put in yeah. your mouth, possibly. Exactly. So <laughs> we. Exactly. <laughs> 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 a, br- a total Brian wine. Yeah. No, I mean, no, all, it is delicious. But th- yeah, this Sauvignon Blanc is very acid driven. It's always going to be that way. But we just wanted to flush it out a little bit more, just so it's not so searing. Um, so well, and it adds another dimension to the wine. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and we've, we're introducing um, 
a new barrel in every year just to see how much it can take. We still want to respect the Sauvignon Blanc fruit, um, but I think the new oak really adds a good amount of energy without uh, taking away from its there's, real identity. There's new oak in this, too. Yeah. So 2018, there is one new barrel, a second use, and a third use. Um, That's delicious. And you really can't really tell that at all just because the acid mm. cuts through mm-hmm. it so well. Delicious. So good. Well, Corbin, you say didn't... something that's going to piss off Robert Kamen and Eric Bradley. I think this oh, might be my, my favorite Moon Mountain District Sauvignon Blanc that I've... Yeah, I'm a fan of Kamen's, but yeah, I yeah, this think is... this has got a little more depth and length. Mm-hmm. And and the zippy... Yeah. Like, it's not what I... You know, when you think about... The Cayman Sauvignon Blanc is great. The ones that Eric makes yeah. up at Reprie are great, but they're way more like tropical fruit. This is like yeah. mineral... Um, yeah, like citrus grapefruit. Yeah, so we wanted we wanted that energy and that tension and that zippiness. So there is there is muscat in this, um, and this, again, I think that tropical fruit, that guava ness, kind of helps build out that that fleshiness and fattens it up a little yeah. bit more too. But it's not too overpowering. I, so there is. But the Sauvignon Blanc, there's just some. It's not all muscat. So yeah, so it's ninety percent Sauvignon Blanc. So it's let's say forty five percent Clone One and then forty five percent muscat. Muscat, yeah, and and it's amazing because it had you not said it, I wouldn't have kind of thought about that. Right. But. Yeah, and it's it's a challenging site too because it is sloped, and it runs up and down the slope too. So with such a small site and we want to make sure everything finishes and ferments well so we need enough capacity and volume so we only make one pick ideally we'd pick the top half first and the bottom half but that's just a huge pain so we kind of wait for the bottom half of this site to to barely ripen so when the top's very ripe the bottom's kind of less ripe it kind of averages out to nice kind of positions and you get more complexity out of it and the kind of less ripe stuff is in that kind of lemongrass range which is really cool so well, and, t- and talk about not only are you guys up there really high, but talk about how the slopes that you guys are farming on. Yeah, I mean they're they're fairly, they're fairly steep. Phil Phil doesn't like the slopes at all. Yeah. Um, and we we. It, well, and you couldn't plant that vineyard now. No. Right. Now now you you would not be. Allowed it was to do towards that. the end of being able to plant those kinds of vineyards. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's they're they're very steep slopes, and now when we do a replant, we we have to figure out a better way. Um, to get about it, just safety wise, tractor wise, etc. Um, but yeah, it's it's high elevation, steep slopes too. Um, that's what's attractive about the site too, is that you kind of get that whole whole range. You should get some of those like cable pull carts like they have in the Mosul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. just oh, to add more cost to oh, the right. farming. Just, yeah, <laughs> this is the, the first three hundred yeah. from Moon Mountain District. Exactly, play on. We'll just start pull training everything. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go to the next wine here, Corbin. Next wine. All right. Well, while you're doing that, Corbin, will you tell us? I mean, you said that you moved away, went to high school, and went to college, and then. When you came back, like, what was your thinking that, I mean, I know you took a wine appreciation class, but were yeah. you thinking you didn't, whatever you went to college for, probably. Yeah. Well, and let's all, you know, take a moment to toot your, or maybe I'll toot your horn for you, like, um, it, you see all the time in Sonoma and Napa where, um, you know, somebody takes a wine appreciation course and comes back to the family business um, and... Knows everything. And knows everything, right? And And you... After being back here for a while, just went on like an epic second educational journey uh, yeah. to come back knowing, you know, 
Um, yeah, so as much as you know, most of us at the table. I'll, t- I'll touch on both of those. Give, I think give Bart a little extra credit on it. <laughs> no, you know what? Though, I, what I envy about what you have done is get, gaining those experiences, and you know, without saying what it is, but going to work for people who you can learn from and um, bring those experiences back. So I, I, I never left, right. and I should have got the hell out of here and done some stuff. But uh, go yeah. ahead, Corbin. Um, so. Yeah, Brian, my, my undergrad was in hospitality, and I spent most of my college uh, summer internships uh, for hotel groups and restaurant groups. And at the end of it, I was just kind of burnt out. I was like, I don't know if this is ex- ex- exactly for me. But at the same time, um, I was just like, okay, I'll come back, see what's going on in the vineyard, learn about that, and then kind of try to figure out what I really want to do. And then during that entire process, I was like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, this is what I want to stick to. Um, so... I, what I really wanted to do was in front of me the entire time. So that was kind of easy. Um, but the more I worked in the vineyard, the more I worked in the salad, the more I realized I didn't know. And I think everyone should always be in that position where they're trying to, to learn as much as they can. So I was like, what do I do? Do I, do I just spend more time with um, the vineyard manager, spend more time with the winemaker and learn, or do I go back and back to school? So, yeah, I remember I just I signed up for my first Gen Chem um, class. And I was like, okay, if I if I fuck this up, then that'll tell me like what I need to do. But I enjoyed it so much. Uh, I ended up taking all the prerequisites and uh, going back and getting my master's in viticulture technology at Davis, and probably the best decision I ever made. I was like, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. And back to Bart's statement, I was just like, yeah, I think I always try to live my life without regrets, and what I've regret not doing that definitely so so it also gave me the opportunity to stage in in bordeaux and that's kind of always in my opinion you opinion you hear about winemakers uh talk about their background etc and it's always kind of this rite of passage you stage in europe and then you go come back and do your own thing so yeah and i took a step back just um so i could focus on myself and i think yeah my family started it it's, it's always kind of been um, around for me, but at the same time, my inspirations are different than my father's inspirations. So I really had to step away and kind of find insight elsewhere to to find uh, inspiration and, and kind of craft the ones that I want to craft. So, so were was the idea for your father though to actually start the winery, or was he going to be happy with selling grapes? Yeah, it, it would have been both. I think we were doing a little bit of both at the same time. So it really didn't matter to him. He wanted to make a small amount and sell grapes. Um, but the more I, the more I got involved, the more he was right. like, "Okay, well, let's let's make more and sell less." Yeah, and and why was it hospitality to go back to your um, originally? What what was it that drove you to that? I, I've always loved food, um, love eating at restaurants, and follow his um, follow his Instagram, and you'll see that. <laughs> I'm so Very, jealous all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not always like that. I think I I a lot of my stories. It's like. You're living your best life they're, on the Insta. Right, they're always later, Grams. That was months ago, you know? Right. Yeah, YOLO, YOLO. Anyways, I like to That's eat. That's why you go on the road selling wine wholesale, right? <laughs> oh, I'm at this great restaurant again. Darn. Darn. Well, maybe they want to buy some Cabernet. <laughs> like, yeah, I got to support I got to support the accounts, right? Yeah. But it's always, yeah, whenever we're distributing, it's got to be in the states you want to visit or else what's the point, right? Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so after... After Bordeaux came back here, I worked in the foothills, and it was a place I never thought I would um, work in, but 
and Kramer. Wait, yeah, wait, why not? That why not? Because that's, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, we're Roan lovers, so we love the yeah. foothills. No, and I, I do too, but it's always kind of like, it's always this rat race. It's always kind of like, oh, I got a, I got a resume build. I have to do these certain things. Is is a, are the foothills the sexiest place to be in? Probably not. But then at the same time, why does that matter? And I just, I basically want to position myself in a place where I could learn as much as possible. Well, and you also were in grand crew of the yeah. foothills. Right. Yeah. I mean, you weren't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, <laughs> it wasn't any place, but yeah. It wasn't any place. So Shake Ridge was this, is the most beautiful vineyard uh, out there and, and yeah. is the coolest lady in the absolute world. And, very much consider her a mentor, and I could call her any day of the week, and we can just chat for hours about whatever. Um, so she's someone very near and dear to my heart, and yeah, I, it was it was a tough six seven months there, just because. I mean, she put me up in in her her greenhouse, which is a really cool spot, but then at the same time, it's got zero zero reception, no internet, so I'm just completely off the grid, which is great. I, I think I crushed. I crushed 45 books uh, in that six-month duration. <laughs> my lifetime. But, yeah, and... <laughs> that was one that Danny wishes he had said into the microphone a little exactly, louder. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and the coolest person in the world. And I love her to death. Um, but then uh, realizing I worked at Harvest in Napa, so I came back, worked at Harvest in Napa, and now I'm back home. So I'm trying to trying to get in as many experiences as possible, gain as much inspiration as possible and bring everything full circle. So is your is your goal, do you see like you're going to be the winemaker of, of Corbin Cameron or, and, you know, or what's your, yeah, I think the, where are you, where are you taking, because you know, you work with Tim Milos, are these Tim Milos wines that we're tasting? Yep, these are, um, 16s. Um, yeah, so Tim's our consulting winemaker yeah. and I mean, I've, Phil introduced us and, Tim and I got along right off the bat. And he's I think you one have of the, to, one of the sweetest people on the planet. He is, and he's one of the most brilliant yeah. people I know. Um, great mind. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately at the end of the day, I think what one thing I think that schooling kind of pushed you towards was, okay, you have to excel in one or the other. You have to excel in viticulture or you have to excel in analogy. And that's not how I really wanted to approach anything. So I think the, the refreshing thing that I got out of Bordeaux was that, oh, cool, these guys called technical directors are bril- brilliant at both and they don't see they don't see a division there and everything is the same. So growing, their growing chops are just as good as winemaking chops. So yeah, I think at the end of the day, years down the line, I think I'd, I'd want to do both and excel at both and just kind of work the land and, and make the wine. Um, but that's probably years down the line, I think. No, that's, that comes actually right off of the heel tales of, of what Philippe and Isabel were saying in our last episode that in France, you know, the, the vigneron concept where, you know, the winemaker and grape grower aren't two separate No, they're one and the same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think if you come from a viticulture background, it lends itself better to going to winemaking than coming from winemaking and then, you know, going back into the, you know. I think if, you, if you're in winemaking, you got to be in viticulture from the beginning. Right. Um, if you don't spend any time in the vineyard and you only work in the winery, it's very hard to go back and learn that part. Yeah. A lot and of I, things happen in the sunshine while you're in that barrel room. But also, Tim, Tim, back to this being about Tim, he's... He's horticulture first, and he 
he got his horticulture degree from Cordell and he's did he really yeah so he's a farming genius but you you talk to him he and he's all about winemaking but you put him in the vineyard and he he knows everything about farming too which is great Mm. so great guy to to chat with just because you we're always on the same page and it's great and that's refreshing I think sometimes you don't you don't ever want to be battling uh with your with your winemaker and trying to pull your teeth out just talking to him so yeah well, no, I mean, you know, forget resume padding. The, the list of mentors <laughs> that you've accumulated in the last <laughs> few years, you know, starting yeah. with, you know, with my dad, but yep. Tim Milos, you know, Ann Kramer, um, that's, that's a pretty solid foundation. Definitely. And I think, yeah, I think France is a little bit different. I, your father put me in contact with Stefan Duran and Court. Did you work, were you working for Stefan? Yeah. Oh man, now so that's, a whole, that's a whole other level. Yeah, he's <laughs> mentor. He's brilliant. Never as well. learned how to smoke cigarettes the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, Stefan's great, and I didn't see him too much. He's got so many associate winemakers who, uh, who I had the pleasure of working with. But right. I think that that Bordeaux experience in general has a lot to play with. Uh, has a lot to do with kind of my mentality and on winemaking. Right. But let's. Okay. Speaking of the Bordeaux, Merlot, speaking Merlot. of the right bank, yeah. we're on 2016 Merlot. So uh, just kind of one of my favorite wines always, just because Merlot is, is such a beautiful variety and it's my favorite variety, I think. Uh, we always try to craft it in a way where it really shines uh, and shows light on the vibrancy and the red fruit that Merlots should be known for. I think a lot of times people try to try to fatten it up in different ways, either tannin build with Cabernet or add a bunch of new oak just to kind of build out that structure and that backbone and uh, tannin structure. But we this is a 100% varietal Merlot. Nothing's blended into it wow. just so you can showcase the bright red fruit. Um, and with the soils up there, this Merlot is actually planted on the clay-heavy parts of uh, loam parts of the vineyard. So it retains... Uh, a little bit more water, so it gives the Merlot the freshness. But at the same time, um, it does drain fairly well uh, up there. So you kind of get this intensity, a lot of tinier berries. So you kind of get that that backbone structure that we're really looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always it's, it's always my favorite. It's and such a great food wine too, uh, very acid driven. This is the one whenever I go up there and taste it, I always leave with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's. I it's do that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'd put it up there as uh, one of the best Sonoma County Merlots. All right. I'm throwing it out there. Sonoma County. All due respect. That's it? The whole yeah. county? Well, I mean, this is, you know, structure. Thanks for not limiting it to the valley, right? Right. <laughs> this is county. Uh, no, I think that Corbin's Merlot is outstanding. Yeah. Acid, structure, that forest floor, bright fruit. Great aromatics. Yeah, this is fantastic. Mm. Well, Corbin, what do you think the biggest thing that you came if home from Bordeaux like with? I think it's just kind of... You, you learn to problem solve, and I think everyone's always like, oh, are you just going to use what they taught you over there? Um, but no, it's not always like that. I think they farm completely differently. It's very high density there, very low fruiting zone, and do we need that here? No, not at all. I think California can ripen fruit perfectly fine. So it just kind of it shows you uh, and gave you a bunch of different kind of problems to solve. Stefan, I mean, consults, I think, for over 150 wineries in 16 countries. So he's Jeez, seen a lot. So he knows. Winemaker. He was yeah. here for about a half a second a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I think he had dinner at my parents' house. And then the last. Smoked a couple cigarettes, smoked a joint, got on the plane. Yeah. 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 <laughs> couple, of, couple of mountain cigarettes and then uh, moved on to the next place. But I mean, I think the greatest thing I learned there was just attacking problems. And you see something. And I think the cool thing about Stefan is he works for some very shiny, beautiful 
wineries and chateaus, but you see his own domaine de la, he makes the most phenomenal wines with the bare minimum. So you, you really don't need all the bells and whistles to make great wine, but at the same time, I learned how to tackle problems and, and think through them uh, in, in a different way than I would here. So it's like, oh, we need to solve this problem. Let's go buy this equipment to, to take care of that versus try to do something uh, in the vineyard or in the cellar differently. So. Well, and you guys, so you do a Merlot, but are, are you, or do you have plans to do a straight Petit Verdot or Cab Franc or Malbec, or is it just basically your focus on Cab Merlot, Sauv Blanc, and, and, and then some blends? Yeah, I think it was always kind of, we planted those other three varieties for, for the Kristen blend, which is our Bordeaux Sauv blend. But starting in 2010, we, we were tasting the lots individually and we were like, wow, these stand so well on their own. So we actually do do a varietal Cab Franc, Malbec, and Petit Verdot, um, but very small production, about a barrel every single year, and then the rest of it goes into the blend itself. And that goes mostly to wine club members? Exactly. Yeah. goes directly to wine club members. And yeah, I think it's always like we get bored sometimes and we just want to have fun. So we we like to add more and more wines to, to the, the portfolio when we can. So with this replant, we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do um, with that, obviously, plant some more Merlot because that's what we took out. But try to squeeze in something else that's new and fun too. Yeah, and Grenache. <clears throat> Did I say something? Did you say was that Grenache? <laughs> Grenache. <laughs> um, some Merlot stuck in my throat. I think. Uh, Have you met? This happens somehow. Slip Mitchell a bottle of sake. Yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. met? Catch him on a good <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Just, just change, just change the bud wood pile and just take take it out and swap it in and be like, hey, Phil, Phil, this is what you're taking up there, right? That would be Phil. But yeah, I think we're gonna mess around with some, something different and maybe. Okay, so I, I kind of want to grab an extra round of glasses um, and do side by side sixteen caps. Yeah. Over your back. How many of us are there? Grab, grab two glasses because I have the reserve cap too, and we'll just crush them all out at the okay, same right. time. Awesome. Hey. No, I want to do this. And you know, um, since you guys are here, I wanted to mention this, that I'm planning on having a dinner at Sante. Um, and I, what I want to do is reach out to Alex and Bree and see if they would be willing. I've got four vintages of their Pinot, mm. and I have the same vintages of the um, either, I think it's Costa Brown, mm-hmm. of, oh, they would from that. their vineyard, vineyard that we could do a dinner and just do side-by-sides for all yeah. four courses. We would absolutely love Side to be a part of that. Okay. Okay, cool. All Did you spill wine on yourself? Uh, <clears throat> probably. <laughs> Dude, I've had full body poison oak for a week. Like, don't I was get wanna, started. I, I didn't want to say anything. You, you got a, oh. some shit on your arm there. Dude, yeah. it's... Oh. I, I thought I had... It's all... You've got it too? Yeah. Oh, I'm right you don't, now. Yeah, oh you're not working in the vineyard if you don't have poison oak nice. this time of year. Wow. I thought I had a reliable source, Good a.k.a. my face. brother-in-law who works for Phil, tell me... <laughs> That poison oak was dormant in the winter. No way. <laughs> and suppose turns out it's not dormant. <laughs> you say to your brother-in-law just to it's, see what he does when yeah. he gets to the vineyard. Turns out it's not dormant. The leaves fall off and the oils concentrate in on the, the, the bark. Yeah. And so it's actually more potent and it's more challenging to see. Right. So I was doing a, a fence clearing uh, last weekend and just you know bathing in poison oak. So I've had poison oak for the last week and a half. So the conversation I, I went like, like, "Hey, Danny, don't worry." Than you did, uh, oh, last God. week, yeah, I, I was up in great. I was up in Jack London last week, and um, it, the the poison oak was blooming. You know, it was just the leaves were just pushing out. And I thought about taking a picture of it, but not many people would really appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> it's brutal. 
Poison is. oak is the worst. I don't recommend it. Yeah. All right. So what are we doing here, Sam? All right. So uh, we have 16 Corbin Cameron Cabernet. Correct. Which blocks are the, this? And then we're gonna, I'm pouring 16 Hill of Tara Cabernet from well, London. Let's introduce. You should probably tell yeah. the connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's introduce these guys. Oh. Who? Who are you? Who is this? Mr. Sonoma himself. Right. Beacon of beauty here. I'm, Katie Boy. <laughs> I met, I met uh, Danny Faye. He was uh, passed out on the floor of my dad's office in <laughs> senior year of high school. <laughs> was it senior year or junior year? I think that was senior year. <laughs> I can't recall. It blurs. Yeah. That's not really where I met him, but that is where I found him once. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act like you were at the culprit. Sam, you and Frank Dang. I, you know, I've been blamed as being a bad influence and... And an instigator before, but you know, I, I don't, I don't recall any arm twisting. <laughs> there was a time when Phil's weed sent me to the ER. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Hill of Tara, everyone. <laughs> yes. And so, Danny, what have you been doing recently? <laughs> Well, again, uh, we're honored to be here. Um, we were here a year ago, and uh, it's been a wild year. Um, it was literally a year ago because you guys were uh, here while I was still at Sutter Santa Rosa. You were with, giving birth. Well, Sebastopol. Oh. You, you were. <laughs> you were involved in the birthing. Uh, Sebastopol was underwater, Sebastopol which is a underwater. whole another conversation. And, yeah. And we were just about to launch our first wine, um, the 2015 Hilatara Cab off of Corbin's Vineyard. Um, we've been fortunate enough to work with Corbin and his family since 2015, and uh, we get his Block 5 Cabernet Sauvignon Grapes. Um, so it's been is a Is that w- your least favorite Block, Corbin? <laughs> yeah. It's, it actually it's is. It's the a- hardest one to get to, I think. <laughs> it's the hardest one to get to, for sure. It's the steepest one to, to walk. It's, that's it's the highest point of the vineyard, so that's the 2,300 feet, and that's yeah the tippy top. So is that, is, is that where you cross over the county line? Um, where we cross over the county line is going to be where this 2016 reserve cab, which is the Mount Vitor cab. Oh, does it actually say? Yeah, so it's Mount Vitor AVA. Awesome. Oh. Um, I don't, that's allowed, right? I can pour Napa wines in here. Oh, oh, no, of I'm, course. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm There's a fee on the way out. Yeah, I do uh, here right yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. We're good. There you go. We're chill. <laughs> Broadcasting today from 16600 headquarters, oh, the Tasting House, right. 589 First Street West. Open one. Uh, I don't know. Call Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's explaining this? Yeah, Danny, talk about the 16 cap. Well, yeah. So so we have, we already explained what we're tasting. So we have, so first one poured. Yeah. So 16. first one poured is block one. So that's kind of uh, ranges about 100 foot elevation from 21 to 2200 feet. Then Danny's uh, cap come from, comes from block five, which is at the highest point of the vineyard, which is 2300 feet in elevation. So same clone, clone seven. I love this like beautiful um, cocoa dust aromas. Um, that floor's floor on the on the nose is uh, that mountain moon or moon mountain. Uh, <laughs> had a few too many glasses already. Uh, the moon mountain nose aromatically just is so appealing on all these wines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely get that block is surrounded by conifers too. So kind of imparts this kind of cool pininess, if you will. And the, um, this and is in the, the block one? This is block five. Block five. Yeah. The, Dan- so you, the Danny block. Exactly. For all intents and purposes. No, no, no. So, so you the kind of get that, the higher tones, which is really cool. <laughs> Our block's a little bit more north-facing as well. 
doesn't quite get as much afternoon sun, whereas block one is really exposed to that southwestern mm -hmm. uh, sun. Yeah. So you're getting a little <clears throat> longer hang time, too? <clears throat> it's funny because block five, I think we've picked traditionally a little bit earlier, uh, a week or two earlier. Yeah, it's, it's a different block just because it's higher in elevation, so it kind of ripens a little bit faster. But then at the same time, it's a little bit more north facing so you kind of get less sun exposure too so i think danny's picked from a, a range of kind of a two-week window um before but it's generally what second week of october yeah second week of october is typical for us yeah. can you guys each talk a little bit about your uh, vinification yep so um yeah the cab is pretty much um 18 months uh in barrel um macerated for about 35 to 38 days. Tim and I like giving a little bit longer on skins just to kind of extract a little bit more of the polysaccharides to, to round out um, the tannin structure up there. Um, but yeah, so about 38 days on skins um, in barrel for about 18 months. Um, I think this vintage was racked twice, maybe three times. Um, and then we use about seven different creepages. Um, so seven different creepages, 50% um, new. 100% uh, French. Um, okay. We tend towards a little bit uh, longer seasoning uh, stave-wise just to kind of get more of the sweetness versus tannin. Um, there you go. And um, I'm assuming unfiltered? Um, yeah, so and, it depends on the yeast. vintage. 20, so we do inoculate, uh, especially when you work in custom crush facility, I think any resident uh, commercial yeast strain is going to take over. So um, if you don't um, inoculate, something's going to actually finish it. So I think if you had, if we had our own winery, then well, we'd actually yeah, talk no, about a native. No, well, I mean, it's still going to be, you know, when Danny walks through with his dirty boots, <laughs> oh, that yeah. yeast is going to take yeah, poison oak. It's, it's, it's done. Inoculate the hell out of that. Poison yeah. oak yeast. <laughs> that, but that, but you know, that yeast is going to take texture. over. So I was just curious if, <laughs> yeah. if you, you're introducing it from the beginning or if you're just waiting. No, we're, we're introducing it from the beginning. And I think it's always different when... We will do things purposefully, and sometimes with this be this year, we did a trial with a non-sack yeast just to, to see if we can get some other characters out of it. When we did a dessert one and we needed to stop, we also used uh, a non-sack yeast, so it'd be easier to stop the fermentation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a very purposeful kind of kind of inoculation. Well, how did you guys meet? Like, why are you buying the grapes? Where, how did we meet? Probably some SVVGA thing. Uh, we started hanging get in, out. Get in the microphone, Danny. SVVGA, Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers. Shout out. Shout out to Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so was that one of these functions you guys just happened to be talking to each Were you other? Just like and... a giraffe that time? Or? No, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the Carmen Miranda time. That was, that was the last wine auction I went to. I, I was like, how could That's you? Yeah, yeah, that sounds like there's, you, a, there's a story there that needs to be. Yeah. Dan, Danny, Danny uh, jumped on the sword a few times for the SVVGA. Well, he was some differently involved in those days. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that actually probably comes from his earlier his his earlier um, company he worked for. He had to, you know, always had to show somebody else up. Yo, so, uh, reality <laughs> show. How do you beat a D-list celebrity? You become a C-list celebrity. <laughs> I show up to a dinner and he's dressed as Carmen Miranda and like, he's like my socks to like stuff his top. I'm like, Why did he use your socks? <laughs> his own socks? Crazy. What the? They smell better. <laughs> Leggings. Yeah. And to feel the part. Right. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, like, yeah. Get in touch with his feminine side. Who's Carmen Miranda? I have to Google this right now. Dude, Carmen Miranda. Oh, Google 
got it. Got it. Oh, yeah. Chiquita banana. Carmen. I had a three foot inflatable banana that is currently in Joseph Franzia's office in Modesto. He gave me a ride home from the auction. So, long story short, we met. We met at an SBVGA thing. You know what? We're going to end it on that. Thank you very much. history. Yes. Yeah, no, we were, you know, we were. Uh, single males in Sonoma in the early 2010s. And that has nothing that to was, do with how we met. There's not a lot to yeah. do. You yourself, yeah. Before I met my wife, and we we're, you know, it was like we're you don't have, out. yeah, you, you got to hang out. So, um, so yeah, we met through an SVBG event. Yeah, and you were looking to sell a bit of fruit in 2015, and yeah. the pass aligned. And Danny was looking to buy a little fruit. I think we were sitting at what Carnos in at the bar having a beer. He was like, "Hey, yeah. we're all fruit. how all great Sonoma deals are, and <laughs> friendships really are started yeah, exactly." Yeah. Um, Do that or three foot inflatable banana. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, talk about your vindication. Uh, Twenty sixteen cab block five. Um, so we did three barrels of this wine. Um, you know, try to ask Phil. Three the barrels, seven different Cooperages, though. Right? <laughs> Seventeen, actually. Exactly. Um, Frankenstaves. Try to get Phil up there as early as possible to pick. Um, he which, didn't return your phone which, call until yeah, yeah. late September. Yeah. yeah. No, it's never. Uh, so I got up there, um, pick early in the morning, uh, drive it down the mountain, which literally takes an hour. We were making the wine at the same Custom Crush facility yep. in 2016 at Inkadu. Um, so dry ice, de-stem, cold soak for two days. Uh, we do uh, native native ferment, um, but again, with everything that's in there, it's, yeah, it's, who knows what's going on. Probably a bedrock. Probably a bedrock that, that skips across, and over. across, the, skips across yeah. the parking lot. Um, and so we, um, we did about a 21-day fermentation um, and uh, punch downs twice a day uh, till about... Are that where those bricks. famous pictures of the two of you doing punch downs together come from? That's a lot of GoPro work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You guys are all about the production here, so I know you understand. High production value. Yep. Natural podcasting. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, twenty-one days uh, ferment uh, racked down into three barrels. We did thirty-three percent new. Um, I didn't ask you about your Coopers. I'm curious about that, but um, we were using, or we did use a Signa Moreau Icon A. Um, new one, one third new, uh, one once used, and then I had a leftover neutral barrel. Um, 20 months roughly in oak, uh, two racks, and um, unfiltered, unfined in the bottle. I mean, the wines, you know, show the same, um, show the same aspects in some point. Um, they're they're all really young. I'd really love right. to taste them in about seven hours, you know. Yeah, I think that's the thing with. The tannin profile of the mountain is—they're yeah. going to be a little bit harder. Um, so I mean, they're delicious. Don't get me wrong, but yep. but man, they're just going to blow up in some time. One of the most interesting things about Corbin's Vineyard um, and these wines is the the acid profile. Um, yeah. I mean, you pick this wine at you know 25, 24 and a half bricks, and it's coming in with a ripping like three point three five pH. Yeah. And that's why Phil didn't want to return your vote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. he's like three five. What three point three five? What are you doing? Exactly. Um, and so, you know, you have this built-in minerality into the wine that I think is only going to help the wine age. Um, and it helps build that structure as well. It kind of frames the fruit, in my opinion. So yeah. not only do we have that delicious fruit, um, but the, the acid is going to allow this wine to age. Amazing. So who picked first here? I think, I think, Dan, I think Danny did. Probably me. I'm typically yeah. a week 
before Tim Corbin. Uh, our, our, the third one here is the reserve cap. So this is always the thing that comes off the, the mountain last. I think this comes in probably the last week of October, but a little bit more opulent style, but still a lot of freshness, still very acid-driven, high tones, um, but it's a little bit more riper fruit, darker fruit. This is called 337. So I think, I think 7 gives you just that kind of classic structured wine. 337 is a little bit more flashy. It's more aromatic. It's a little bit softer, too. So I think it does so well up there because it is naturally soft, but then the elevation, the soils up there really intensifies it to, to a great spot. Well, it how do you pick the reserve cab? I mean, you just, is it a year by year thing or it's certain blocks? That no, it's, it's just the block that's on the Napa side. So the, the previous owner kind of bought one parcel first, then just bought his neighbor's parcel and then another neighbor's parcel. So it's actually three parcels put together. So it's two Sonoma parcels and one Napa parcel. So the Napa parcel gets the, gets the reserve. Yeah. Okay. And you can, how much more do you charge for that than the Sonoma uh, stuff? Well, 125% yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. But, Those, yeah. That four-letter word just triples the price. So, um, let's all empty a glass. I've got a, I've got a blind wine just because oh, I thought it'd be fun. Danny, I'm, I'm not going to empty yours. Bless yeah, you, Bart. Bless you. <laughs> Well, this is the only Hello Tara that I'm ever going to get to. I'm, I'm on the bottom of the list, so I'm going to let this one last as long as I can. Your dad's name's on the back of the bottle. Is it, is it really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Did lawyers discuss that? Right, maybe we should have asked. No, I, I told them, unless you return my phone calls, or I'm did, putting your, far, your far name by. on the back of my bottle. <laughs> if you don't call back, it means... <laughs> if you don't call back, Phil, I'm putting your name on the bottle. <laughs> It's like the voicemail says, hey, Phil, can you pick tomorrow? By the way, I'm just going to pick the name of the label. That's pretty much how it goes. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys had a blind wine on here before? Yeah. Oh, that was going to be cool and be the first. Uh, Didn't didn't, uh, um, um, Uh, famous song, yeah. Yeah, right. Cool. Blinded us on some things that we, I've, we failed. The only person who got it was. Uh, I think Todd Jolly was Todd a rock star Jolly. that yeah. day. Yeah. Well, anyways, you, you saw uh, <laughs> my corks in it, but just wanted to bring a bring a fun wine to blind. Mm. I think it's pretty straightforward, though. I mean, instantly you see from color and from aroma, it's probably got a little age on it. A little, yeah. Just because, like Daniel was saying, I think. Everything out there is very ageable, just from the acid standpoint and the alcohol standpoint. It's just a beautiful um, yeah, feature of the high-altitude, cooler climate wine. I think a lot of the stuff that's over, over alcohol these days are just kind of very short-lived. So it's, it's good to see a wine that kind of is ageable. Mm. I mean, that's a, a, I mean, I would say Moon Mountain District signature mm. in general, right? Yeah. Is, right. You know, you go from... From Cayman to to you know Cayman to Corbin and then further up uh, you know mm-hmm. up the ridge, you're still gonna get these wines at at crazy you know what would be crazy ripe for a lot of Appalachians yeah. maintaining freshness and structure because exactly I think it's the yeah the westward kind of facing slopes gives you that beautiful afternoon sunlight, um, but at the same time we're a little bit closer. Closer to the ocean, you got a lot of maritime influence that get, hits the mountain that really shuts the vines down to to extend um, the longevity of, of them. So, yeah. Well, Corbin, why is it called Corbin Cameron? Oh yeah, great question. So Cameron's my twin sister. 
I remember my first day out selling this in the market. They're like, man, that's that's the least Chinese last name I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, so Cameron's my twin sister, um, and father named it after us too because he thought it'd be kind of a strong, cool sounding wine name. So the the logo itself is kind of a modern take on vine tendrils too, and it's two Ks back to back. And we really wanted that to mimic the personality of the wines. So it's very symmetrical, very uh, to signify the balance of it. And it's just kind of modern and elegant too. Um, but yeah, and then the last wine I'll pour, if we're not going to hit that ceiling, is our uh, Kristen, which is the blend that we made after our older sister. So try to f- squeeze in all the kids. <laughs> when in, and, and are they actually involved in the in the business? So they help out. Um, Kristen, she's in fashion design, so she handles anything artwork related for us, which is great because... Everyone knows artwork, and man, that can cost an arm and a leg. Yeah, um, yeah. So and she's, she's going. Is she involved on this coast or on the east coast? Oh yeah, so they're they're both back in San Francisco. And early on, it was Cameron was in Los Angeles, Kristen was in New York. So it would really kind of um, gave us a common project to keep us close uh, and as a family, so that we can really stay in touch. And it was great. But they're both in San Francisco now, um, so we still get to collaborate. Um, and Cameron. It's phenomenal. She used to work for Duty Free Shopping in the Wine and Spirits Division, so um, she helps me out a lot as well. So, yeah. And Mitchell is uh, the patriarch of the family. He has a significant role as well, uh, drinking yeah. that sake underneath the tree. What? He, how, how, he's one of my favorite humans on the planet, by the way. I love he's, rolling he's up there dude. in August to check in on, you know, fruit set and everything, and you roll up. 2000 you know straight feet of going up a hill and you roll up over the edge and you see Mitchell sitting underneath a tree with a in bottle of sake between his legs a robe and he's just got this encom- <laughs> and his dog and his dog he's got this encompassing like you know 360 degree view of Sonoma Valley it's just like talk about life goals yeah well this sounds like the chinese big lebowski yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly, exactly. This year really ties the, them together. Yeah. <laughs> substitute the white Russian for for sake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But at least he's doing out of a wine glass, which is the appropriate. It's very, very right. Classy. Yeah. So, w- w- are we going to do a reveal on this? Because yeah, the, but I haven't heard yeah. any anything. I, I don't, did I have this wine last week? Probably not. When I was up there with you, is this an no. 05 Moon Mountain Cab? This is not a Moon. I don't think it's. I don't think. I don't think at least it's not 100% Cabernet. If if I think it's got some other like, you know, maybe I just have that Merlot on my mind, but it's got a little of that. I mean, that was my. That was on my mind. The acid structure is more to me more Merlot than Cabernet. Um, And it, but I think five seven might be kind of a good range. Yeah. Reveal. Sam, crush it. Seven Merlot. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Seven All right. Nailed well, it. I'm retiring from Nailed the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. <laughs> it's been great. There's the door. <laughs> At least you redeemed yourself for your last wine, right? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's delicious. But yeah, it's drinking beer for right now. You, you really get the secondary um, characteristics are really unfolding right now. And it's just still red-fruited, which is dominating, but um, a little bit more um, cedar box and tobacco, too. And, and you know, really maybe nice. this will come with a... I'll get my second language disclaimer this week. Uh, fresh as fuck. Yes. <laughs> and, fresh. And, and so was this a Pepe wine or is this a... Yeah, so this was a Robert Pepe wine. Yeah. yeah. But, 2000, and uh, 2007, you know, one of... Great vintage. Great vintages yeah. of, of all time around here. Yeah. Yeah. But, Dana, did you bring a 17? 
No. Um, so they have, we got to get so, into the, the 15. I finally get to taste the 15. Well, I brought the 15 to check in on, and I brought an 18 Cab Franc um, barrel sample. That is Cab Franc from the vineyard that, like the your vineyard rehab project. This uh, the Cab Franc is uh, Mateo, and I've uh, we've been farming it since 2015. Yeah, yeah. the K back, K back, Yeah, right next to Ken. Drop the T out of out of C. K back, yeah, Kenwood, Kenwood. Let's taste them. Is that yeah. also Moon Mountain District? It's on the border, and That's we'll it. eventually, hopefully, be petitioned in. Yeah, I don't know. Got to grease some wheels. It's only at about 165 foot of elevation. Show the hurricane not. hitting Alabama. It's 508 <laughs> elevation, and it's oh, at the, you're, for, you're good. Yeah, Four and it's feet. and I could. Yeah, I mean, most of my drives take a duck right hook or left hook, whatever you call it. If I could hit, I could probably hit a golf ball from K back into Moon Mountain District. So are you like too far? <laughs> if you're 500 feet elevation, are you too far north? I Where's might be line? so it's literally where the backside of Cundy yeah. rolls up. Uh, so Cundy's home ranch um, backs up into the the north end of Moon Mountain, and the line, according to every vine, it's, on it's probably that creek. It, it's that creek exactly, and the pro and that creek borders the property of Quebec. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. ah, you're good. That's what I say. Right. I think, I think, I think you're golden. golden. Well, you know. I got to grease a few wheels, probably. The Hamels, uh, maybe. Now, you know what? Yeah, just, just, just put it on there. No one will know. Call Phil. All right. Leave on the message if you don't call me back. My vineyard's in the back. What's happening? You're it. There it is. All right. We're going Moon Mountain. Right. Moon Mountain. Moon Mountain. I mean, Cabernet Franc. Yeah, there's Cap Franc. Let's, uh, All right, so we go. Let's restart. You want to do 15 or Cap? Uh, we have and so we still many have, glasses. And we still both. have uh, right. the, the Cuvée Kristen we got oh, yeah. to, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's do okay. those, too. Okay. So let's do 15. And I kind of want to keep my 07 left. Merlot. So 15. Sort of as a trophy more than anything. Tiny so freaking vintage of it. Nailed it. Bart, where am I going here with you? So I think our so fifteen we were forty five percent down that that vintage, um, so Tough dismally vintage. low. Fifteen, Brian, super low yields, but at the same time, tiny I mean, berries, shatter, shatter tiny hail, berries, frost, drought. Um, so very wind. intense vintage, very powerful vintage. Yeah, and I did you make two barrels of this in fifteen? Yeah, mm -hmm. two barrels. Um, so this is the wine we released last year. Released last year. And how's it been going since since the release? I mean, I know, and what's the plan going forward? You guys released how many wines last year and how many wines this year? And that was it, right? And, and tell us how that went. Uh, spectacular. And, you know, shout out to you guys and your podcast listeners. These yeah. guys came in force to support. It was amazing. The winemaker's bump. We were... Um, so blessed and so thankful for uh, being on here and the support that your, um, your, your listeners gave us was incredible. Not only that, but Red. they've followed up with visits. Um, we've done our first tasting wow. uh, with your podcast listeners. We, you know, they've, they've just been nonstop. It's been wonderful. And we really appreciate what you guys are doing and exposing small brands like us to cool. your, your followers. Is it hilltar.com? It's <laughs> <laughs> also cool to see the community you've created too, because it's been really neat to see the same people fall kind of all of our brands yeah. and then we're able to kind of connect them all together like Kristen and Brett George and Roger Randall and Cabernet.com is <laughs> gmail.com is built Kevin for you Burns. guys. Oh, Kevin Burns. Oh, I mean, oh my God. He's, the He's the best. He's the best. You can't shut that guy down. He'll just show up. I love him. He's amazing. So this is being released. The 16 is being released. St. Patrick's Saint, Day. This, yeah, this coming St. Patrick's Day. Right on. Maybe it'll be slightly less 
in the fogs of childbirth and respond to my email. In yeah. Maybe not. Sam, you seem to be bitter about something. Do you want to just get it off your chest? What the hell? Did you not get your wine? Is that what I'm getting from this whole conversation? Puts my dad's name on the label. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to get me to come in and whack. Maybe that's what I. Maybe that's the problem. Is I didn't go and show up for the little waxing day. I just told you how to yeah. do it. And then yeah. I'm not helping. Typical Sam. Like, hey, uh, I got to wax some bottles. Oh, you're a pro. Oh, show up and uh, show me how to do it. Oh, no, wait. I can't show up the same. Calls me the same day. Like, hey, I can't make it. Totally bailed on you on that one. All right. Well, that's why. And thus, I missed my 2015 Hill of Tara allocation. So and you so guys you, do the little dot. Right do the dot. Did you use a gun? Do the dot. Use we did gun. use a gun, but we bought the wrong size wax stick, so it got really <laughs> messy. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Sam because we we, oh, we Sam, bought the wrong no. size glue stick. You know, we really should be videoing this. This is really like Sam's pushed back in his chair, kind of in a like. I'm, I think I got to go see who's at the front door. Danny's leaning in. <laughs> Aggressive. He's got uh, some bottles for you. Don't worry. Man, these ones are wonderful. I swear. <laughs> Good segue. 2015 cap. Um, Great farming. <laughs> killer farming. Tough year. Uh, amazing vineyard owner. Uh, <laughs> That's Mitchell, by the way, not, not me. <laughs> yeah, Corbin, how did you guys um, end up with Phil Katuri? Like, was that a conscious oh, decision man, that from your dad? Like, story, too. Um, man, this was way back when. Exactly. So this, is, the story. this is in 20, 20, end of 2012 or mid-season 2012. There, there was a SVVGA, shout out to Maureen, vineyard crawl <laughs> at, at um, Moon Mountain Vineyard slash Capri. And I was like, oh, I gotta, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to sign up for one of these things. Bart was there if you guys didn't. You know. yeah. <laughs> um, but I signed up for it. And I was like, oh, this is so close to us. I, I Google mapped it. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, it's freaking 10 minutes away. Easy. With a hang glider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I follow my Google Maps. Um, and it takes me through the back roads. I end up in the middle of this vineyard. And I'm just like, huh? I so I call. It was either Taylor Sarah's or or Maureen. I was like, I think I'm here. They're like, where are you? I was like, well, I, I'm in like block Z or something. <laughs> and they're like, okay, <laughs> let me figure out where you are. They call back. Like, okay, I think you're in Bismarck Vineyard. Uh, find there's a crew out there working. Ask them to direct you to the gate, and you just drive. Take that road down. Wait, are you in a four wheel drive? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I hit some bumpy. I hit, oh, I basically drove an access road from our property, roads. fire roads, all the way to to Repre. The washboard highway. Yeah. So I want to mountain there. bike Goldstein, those Goldstein Trail. Yeah, I want to mountain bike those. Oh, well, man. they're probably wider and easier to drive on now that there was a a fire and B, yeah, exactly. a bunch of fire trucks. And but back, I mean, it was it was freaking dicey. I was in my Tacoma. Bike got there. Good thing you were in your Tacoma. Yeah, I, I would turn turn around, but then yeah, I just came in hot late by half an hour, and then I just <laughs> joined the this tour group and just loved what Phil was doing there. I was like, I have I had no idea at the time. I was like, who Phil was and his his ability um, to to farm so well organically on the mountain. Mm. Um, but I just saw, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Um, chatted with him after, and then yeah, the rest is history. So the only person who came down to that event. Everybody else drove up a hill to that exactly. event. Corbin drove downhill to that but event. But I mean, I should have known better. Everyone I tell, like, don't trust Google Maps. You take Trinity to come up and see me. But then I just didn't listen to my own advice that day. I was like, oh, I'm just going to beeline it there. Well, you know what's funny about that? 
people who there's a somewhere up on the top of Cavedale Road is a, a home owned by Inspirato. It's like super high end, yeah, uh, timeshare kind of thing. And people have left Repree and got on Google Maps to get to that house and driven like not in four wheel drive vehicles through up through the Feather Block and through the Bismarck oh, Vineyard and geez. on this like I mean it's a That's cool. really like bona fide hiking trail with. Yeah. You know, two tire treads in it, um, and made it back. And then, and they like watched them drive off and chased after them and couldn't catch them. And then, like two hours later, hear from these people who had just been at the station. And they're like, yeah. uh, "How did you get home?" And they're like, "Oh my god, we just like good thing we got the insurance waiver on this rental car yeah. because I think we left our bumper somewhere between you know Bismarck and Bill Holly's." That's yeah. That's 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 cool access road. That's oh, an amazing, you know, the the Goldstein Trail. So you know, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Goldstein, who you know originally developed Monterosso, and it was a, that goes all. You can take that's how you know you get from your place, and then it goes out so to, is, is that to my the Thomas. so-called ATV road. Mm-hmm. That yeah, connects exa- yeah, exactly, Got exactly. Um, but that you know, people have been walking that path, or you know, jeeps, horses. You know, you've got to figure Jack London would get, you know, take that to go yeah. to Napa. I mean, that was that was the kind of... That's so cool. Yeah, definitely. Or, you know, take your Tacoma to a Sonoma Valley Vintners uh, mixer. Vintners for all. There <laughs> you yeah. Shout out to Maureen. Shout out Maureen. Shout out Maureen. <laughs> she better listen to this one. Maybe put it in their, like, weekly email that I swear I read every week. We're lucky to have that woman. She yeah. works her butt off. Yeah, she does. She's amazing. Now, Danny, what do you got there? It is a unlabeled bottle... Obviously, barrel sample. It's from Moon Mountain. Brian like Brian likes <laughs> the things newest that, Moon Mountain Vineyard. <laughs> and Brian loves things without labels. For sure. All right. Well, you'll like this one. Eighteen cap from. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You guys are doing that? Yep. Yeah. Um, so this is a vineyard in Kenwood, Quebec Vineyard. We've been farming um, since 2015. Uh, my brother-in-law and I. And uh, we've shout out Matt Simpson, <laughs> Matt Simpson, brother in law of the year, except when you except for talk when, about poison oak. When he <laughs> sent you, or try to give it, and he wasn't there helping you, which is why no. you should have known <laughs> he was working for your dad. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, man, you'll be fine. No, yeah. He was like, I don't want to do that, but hey, Danny, no poison oak, poison you're fine. dormant, yeah, it's dormant. Yeah, it's dormant. <laughs> so not dormant. <laughs> No, the the plant itself is dormant. He, the right. The, the oils are more the, potent. Yeah, the oils yeah, the not oils. dormant. <laughs> it's oh, kind of like think about all the energy that you know comes out of a vine when it comes out of dormancy. Well, yeah. it's all stored yeah. where yeah. I've been sleeping in the guest room for the last week and a half because <laughs> of my brother-in-law. Um, so 18 cab franc. Uh, we've been rehabilitating the vineyard. Um, we converted a lot of it over to cane prunes, uh, organic farming in 2015. And um, we started, we were selling the fruit for the first three years. And then in 2018, we decided to take half the vineyard for ourselves. Um, 2018, 2019. Um, so we've got two vintage of this under our belt. Um, Cab Franc is, you know, it's an underrated varietal, in my opinion. Um, it takes the back seat to its kind of cousin or big brother, Cab Sauv. But, you know, you guys did the T Berkeley podcast recently. Yeah, and and uh, shout out to Taylor. You know, the Cab Franc uh, varietal is alive and well. And I think it's going to be a, a varietal that gets more attention in this next generation. Um, the challenge, I think, with Cab Franc is controlling the vigor. It wants to grow like wild. It's a, a weed. Um, and it gets a little herbaceous, a little bell peppery if you don't control that. Get it off and those cordons. Get it off the cordon. Uh, get it into cane prune, new wood. Um, really control the vigor. Balance the fruit. 
and you'll end up with a deliciously structured fruit-forward wine. Um, I tend to find this wine is a little bit more approachable, a little more feminine than the Cab Sauve, um, so I think it blends well into the varietal, or, uh, the varietal lineup that we're trying to create. Um, but we, we love it, and it's a great spot um, up in Kenwood for us. Nice. It's beautiful. It's fresh as fuck. And you guys did how much of this? Uh, well, <laughs> about 90 gallons. So we've got about uh, 35 to 40 cases of this coming out so uh, next year. Barrel, barrel and a half and next year. Yeah. Does it just go into a half barrel or is it in kegs? Uh, we've got a full barrel and then we've got a keg too. It's It's got great cab front characteristics that you know, the floral, <laughs> the you know, cab front does this thing that I love where um, it has this. T- this hint of like when you take a pepper off a barbecue uh-huh. and it's like that w- the way sort of like the skin a the texture of yeah. it a little bit but also that sort of like you know charred red pepper mm-hmm. which isn't totally. you know takes it we get you know when you get it ripe when you get it to not be over vigorous and you, you know you get like concentration of the fruit um well it's, it's killer yeah. yeah, and and this and this wine has you know sometimes Cabernet Franc doesn't have quite it doesn't have a lot of finish or doesn't, you know, lacks a little tannin, you know, for the American palate, so to speak. Um, but this wine's much more complete than that. So thank you. Um, you know. uh, yeah, a little lilac in there, uh, a little blue fruit. I mean, a little that, lavender. Uh, yeah, lavender. I mean, it's lilac. It's, lilac is a great Cab Franc description. Absolutely. No. All right, you guys are not. So, what are you releasing on St. Patrick's Day? 2016 mm-hmm. Cabernet. Yeah. Farmed by Phil Couture. That's it. <laughs> Wait a minute. And, yeah, so and it's just our 2016 Moon Mountain Cab. And how much do you have? We have, what's it, 69, 69 cases? Yeah, 60 cases. So you have 60 cases. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if people yeah. want to reach out, they can go to... Sam's got dibs mm-hmm. on a couple bottles there. Yeah, we'll, I, I, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Credit card might go through this time. Wish, wish list allocation. We'll be waiting. <laughs> Wait for your name yeah. to pop up. Wish list, two <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Oh, you'll see the name come through. And, oh, denied. <laughs> so now, wait. If my allocation's going to Kevin Burns, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> He's like, he's like, there goes my credit cards bill. Kevin literally wanted to buy 25 cases of the Cap Franc. <laughs> we, we took him to the vineyard, and he's like, I'll take it all. <laughs> just don't even bar- don't even bottle it. Just send send him the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> send him send him a little up. spigot. No. Call it a day. You want to pitch the release? Yeah. Um, so just like last year, but for those that are new to our release, um, you can sign up on our allocation list online. And if you've already done that for our 2015 vintage, you don't have to re-sign up. You're you're in our system. Um, so it's hilltarwines.com and then you click on the acquire page and there's like a little form you fill out and that pings us, but then that means that you're on our, um, allocation list. And so basically what uh, we do is we send an email a week before just kind of notifying you of the release and then, um, like a little save the date email and then come, um, St. Patrick's day. So I believe this year it's a Tuesday, Tuesday, March 17th. Um, we'll send out the email where you can purchase your allocation and then um, we'll have it open for about two weeks and then it will close and yeah. And I'll be out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> SOL. H-O-T-S-O-L. You didn't purchase. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and the other thing that we didn't mention is the pickup party. 
Oh, yeah. So last year we did a really fun little pickup party at um, one of our favorite restaurants, uh, Glen Ellen Star in Glen Ellen. So we're actually going to do Shout that. out to Ari yeah. and yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were gracious enough to let us take their outside build. Sorry, <laughs> their outside building. <laughs> so we have food. I mean, it's, it's really mellow, but it's fun. We will probably pour the... 16 the 17 i don't know we'll surprise you (laughs) um but if you purchase um wine this year you'll get an invite to that as well so um it's going to be sunday april 26th but yeah it's a fun little afternoon couple hour event you can pick up your wine if you're local and if you're not local please make a trip and come out we'd love to see you but spend a couple days in in paso for hospice and then drive to sonoma for (laughs) Pilotara pickup at Glen Ellen Star. Yeah. So Come are we confirmed? Guys. Are you going? I'm I'm going. So oh. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am. I'm, pass sure. I'm not going to Tulsa. So oh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna are be. Are you fun. going, Brian? Oh no, I, I'm going for sure. I'm doing like five different jobs, but the the only thing that I really want to do that I was hoping Sam would come is I really want to go to the Saxon party. <laughs> how do you how do you get into that place? Can you? I I, I heard that. Phil Couture was actually invited this year. Oh. So. I'm going to wear, I'm I'm wear my tie-dye shirt, and I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, I'm wearing my tie-dye 16600 shirt, and I'm just going to walk real close behind Phil wherever he goes. <laughs> no, Phil's going to be in Tulsa. That's So that's uh, the deal. Phil's going to Tulsa. I'm going to Paso. I, I, we can, we'll go to Saxon. We'll go to Saxon, and I'm going to let you walk in front of me so when his dog shows up, he doesn't see me. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog was it? It's a mean one, man. I don't know. I think a, a, a lab pit mix kind of thing, but it... A rescue dog? Rescued from sure. Very yeah. wonderful yeah. adopted dog that... And was beat by a guy who had a beard. Apparently. <laughs> Justin's got a beard. I don't know. He just, like, the dog... The whole time we were, we were down there picking up barrels in November. You look and like the whole time we're walking through... The whole thing was just like... The two times I've been there. One is the party two years ago, and then this this time. And, you know, it's an amazing winery. There's, he's got like some sort of Euro tech kind of techno music pumping through the whole place. I'm in. He's in his like, <laughs> in his like West German jacket. So this is like the JCB party of Paso. <laughs> oh God, so that's it's what like it sounds like. Chase- it's it's a it's the it's like dirty JCB. A lot of velvet, a lot of velvet. Dirtier than JCB. <laughs> That's why Bar wanted to go. Bar was like, "Can you get us in?" It's Sam, grittier. get us in. It's grittier. I don't. At this point, I'm just gonna send you guys and not go. This is Saxon. Amazing. No, I'm gonna go to Sax. Actually, you know, the, 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 I drank some Saxon wine at that party, but it was the it was the like unicorn of every other Rhone variety, your Rhone wine. On these two epic tables of just like every open bottle, uh, I was just had an empty glass standing next to the cooler mountain full of oysters, and somebody popped a bottle of like '09 Cristal, and I was like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't even like it was offered to me. I just had an empty glass yeah, and I like, stuck hey. my hand out, and he looks at me and he's like, at some random. I don't even know who this person was. And he just looks at me and goes, Oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't say that. The pity poor. Totally the pity poor. That's Meanwhile, good. there's like uh, women in in these like weird scantily clad outfits playing harps on the catwalks above the the whole thing was it was uh, it was. Are sure this isn't a dream? No, this, I, my, this, I'm not that creative. This sounds my like dreams a, aren't that good. This sounds like a rave in San Francisco in 1988. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. It, yeah, it was. Except for that Philippe Combe and Morgan Twain Peterson were out front smoking cigars and drinking Zinfandel. <laughs> 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 I can't wait. 
Uh, I got to give a shout out to the Prince of uh, Prince Peterson over there. He is helping with some budwood. Oh, really? Yeah. So For... we've got a small little project we're doing up next to your dad's what? house. Does that project have a name, Danny? It does. It sure does. does. <laughs> uh, so Nicholas Vineyard, owned by Bob and <laughs> Janet Nicholas. Is that in my However, <laughs> We, you know, it's Antonio Galoni's uh, displeasure. We're we're thinking about renaming the vineyard to Mas Piedras, uh, to to one up Muchas Piedras. It has more rocks than many rocks. It's got more rocks than many rocks. Uh, I brought a rock actually. It's on the table right now. Oh, by the way, I will post a picture on Instagram in case you want to see Danny's it's rock. A, it's a beautiful <laughs> rock. And there's significance behind these rocks because these are the same rocks that built the cobblestone streets of San Francisco. It's true. Ooh. Back there. Wait, yeah. the vineyard's up by Annadale? No, no. This is up. Uh, so this is in the, the top, uh, of, Shock and, the top, top of Shock and Hill, right? Shockland Hill. Told this story before. Yeah. So Solomon Shockland was a merchant in the late 1890s in Sonoma. Um, Toscano Hotel was his spot. Um, so he was this Jewish merchant that just run, you know, he was selling everything from, you know, gold mining uh, equipment to brothel, you know, <laughs> Equipment? He had a lot of operations. Mattresses? He was quite a Jewish merchant. Um, Ended up making enough money, he bought this big quarry uh, behind kind of Ravenswood area. You mean a vineyard? Nah, it was more of a quarry at the time. And he hired a bunch of northern Italian immigrants to come over and start making cobblestones off of his quarry. One of the immigrants that he hired was a gentleman by the name of Samuel Sebastiani. Wow. And that's how he ended up in Sonoma was Solomon Shockland um, brought him over from Italy and ended up having him chiseling away in his quarry. So this quarry is now kind of this like, you know, almost horseshoe um, shaped. Um, La Chamazal Vineyards is the majority of it. Peter Hayward. Um, along with this Nicholas Vineyard property. And so a lot of these rocks um, were cobblestones. I mean, they, they were literally crack if you hit them in the right place. But um, we this was the vineyard that got us into farming in 2015, um, Nicholas Vineyard. We ended up going up there, um, the, the plant, planted by Phil in 1985 on AXR, so the vineyard shot. Totally did. And uh, we are re- everywhere. We're rebuilding a little bit. Um, it's got uh, stakes up there, and it's an eastern-facing slope um, that we're replanting about 800 vines. And uh, Morgan is helping us out with um, some budwood for Sau Blanc and Semillon. Cool. Um, so we're getting Monteroso, uh, shout out to Brene, uh, Monteroso, Semillon, and uh, Sauvignon Blanc Musquet from Bedrock. I was going to ask that earlier. Besides at Monteroso, are you guys the only ones to have Semillon growing up there on the hill? I have no idea. No, I don't the, think so. I think, I mean, it's a... I think the Budwood came from the, the hill, so... Yeah, that, I mean, that, there's Semillon and Sauvignon Blanc across the street. There's Semillon at... At Moon Mountain for sure. Yeah, there's isn't there a little Semillon at the Lasseter property up on the hill there? Uh, at, at there's Saw Blanc, Trinity Ridge. Is that what they call it? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know. Basically, it's it's like one of those things where when you plant a Sauvignon Blanc, you Blanc, block, you put in some Semillon and you put in some yeah. you know Sauvignon Blanc Musquet clone. Um, so, so, so this is like so you're doing all Musquet. Yeah, I mean we only have 800 vines, so we're not you know taking yeah, over the I world here. This was going to be Grenache. So it was. We were pushing for Grenache. We were pushing for Grenache, and the guy in the back of my label, Phil Couture, he said, "You want to make rosé Grenache?" Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Uh, no." 
He said it's not going to get ripe enough, so we decided to go with a white varietal. And, you know, I mean, to, to Corbin's um, point about spending time in Bordeaux, I mean, for me, that's where, you know, I, I you did the, gravitate. You did a similar thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where I was, you know, getting into a lot of trouble in vineyards and, and really appreciating the, the vigneron uh, side of things. And, you know, Barsac, Saturn, they were memorable uh, vineyards for me and and that Semillon Sau Blanc is I think it's an amazing blend and I, I think it's going to create I, I think more appreciation is going to occur in the next generation over that Semillon Sau Blanc yeah. that Bordeaux Blanc um, I'm not saying we need to make French style Bordeaux right. Blanc but California style I think it's a fantastic blend that's only going to um, get get uh, more appreciation so we're we're banking on that and we're going to plant 800 vines mostly uh, Sau Blanc uh, SB Musquet well, compliments the Hilotara yeah. 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 Totally, yeah. Totally we want to fit sense. the white in there. There you go. And what rootstock are you guys going with? Uh, 1103 Paulson. Sweet. So, I mean, we've got about 10 inches of soil to work with. Um, very, very... <laughs> must un- address. Must be <laughs> I mean, we're literally, you know, we were, I spent, God, I don't even know how many hours just literally throwing a pole into a ground breaking up rock we yeah. had to yeah. we uh we had to, we brought brought in juan oliveros and his brother um well, actually, he's who the only reason that i'm not like you know going constellation on you with the name is that juan was the one who said it right yeah he said it's and juan was the one who who you know decried uh muchas piedras as muchas piedras so if he yeah. went down down the, the down the street and said Mas Piedras. Well, it was more like there's yeah. got to be more rock there yeah. than Pinche Muchas Piedras was, was more of the uh, <laughs> the articulated per- perfection. Yeah, the one, next one will to be want to. too much Piedras. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but no, it's you're literally on top of rocks. Um, so you know, eleven oh three Paulson, um, great with shallow soils, low fertility, um, dra- drought resistant. Cool. So cool. We're excited. And so that's just. The, the 800 Vines is like right there along just below Norbaum Road. Yeah, and you can and actually see it now from Norbaum because no I've, cleared it. I've cleared all the poison oak out of it. And so it's it's fantastic. You can look right down on the vineyard now. So is there still anything going the the vineyard block that's further, like on the other side Not of the Nicholas house? Not yet. That's, that's the next that's, step we're hoping. All, yeah. that, but there's no vines there growing anymore. Uh, they're all in AXR. They're, they're pretty much dead. Um, but we're we're gonna try to graft uh, this summer, um, hoping for the first wines in a couple years. So exciting! Okay, Hello, moment of silence. Moment of silence. Do we? Try How about that last wine? It's the, right in front of you, Sam. Oh, did we try the? Uh, this is what happens when you have fifteen bottles on the table. Yeah. I know. Where are they? Yeah. So didn't this you is... bring a wine also, Bart? You know, I, when you opened up the fifteen Moon Mountain Hill Tara. Um, I had a 15 cab that I made um, from Desnudos in my bag, so I went ahead and opened it if you guys want to try it. Sweet, let's do that too. Absolutely. So Why not, right? Yeah, so this is the Kristen. Um, so all five border varieties um, blend changes every single year based on the vintage itself. So we really make this in a very textural way. We, we focus on the texture first and foremost. We want it to be very seamless, obviously very opulent, and then the aromatics follow through with it. Um, but yeah, so best fruit from the best lots of the vineyard. Beautiful. There you have it. Yeah. This has always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very pretty. Um, mm. Opulent and yeah, Kristen's the favorite Madden. if you ask her. <laughs> of course. Sure. Bordeaux. Well, you have to, you, you know, you and Cameron 
get the name on the winery, you, yeah. you better put the best grapes into the in, into the crystal. If it's if, you know, proprietary blend. right? You gotta like you gotta keep you the gotta balance of the Thanksgiving table. You know, it's like at least we save the best one for you. There you go. <laughs> you didn't get you know your name isn't on the sign, but <laughs> that's I mean that's a beautiful that's wine a beautiful and wine. it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's big. It's very complete. Um, but I mean, yeah. huge is is all relative too. It's I think it's gonna Whoa. be mid fourteen yeah. percent. Right. But yeah, very well integrated resolved tannins, and that's how we want it to be. Yeah, and there's a, like this minerally graphitey, earthy, very I yeah, mean, kind of it's, it's like a graphite pencil shaving. But, yeah. but, and, and it's no doubt it's a Sonoma, it's a Sonoma wine. It's not when I say it's big, it's not like a big Napa um, monster. It's, right, it's I mean, very balanced. It's, it's always going to be acid driven. Yeah, and I think what you said is it's a complete wine, and that's yeah. the best descriptor. So fifteen does Nunes. How are we on time? Like, what's the deal with this? Is there a cap on? Is there <laughs> we leave ceiling? when the wine's gone. Yeah, pretty much. We keep rolling until every bottle's empty. <laughs> I got a puppy waiting on me too. All right, we got puppies. Don't give well, me that puppy actually, grief. Then Corbin, get you, get your shout outs then as as yeah. we're tasting the um, as we're tasting Bart's wine. Then shout if, outs people, to if people if people if people want to come out and visit you, oh yeah, shoot me an email Corbin at CorbinCameron.com. Hopefully that's easy enough to. Well, no, yeah, you Corbin with a K. K. I'll Don't mess it that. up like the yeah. barrel Cooper that did that one oh, year. Man. He spelt it with a C. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the barrels. I've yeah, done that before awesome. too. Yeah. dot com, or just go to our website CorbinCameron.com. You can order all of our ones there. Back to what Danny was saying. I remember the solar master at the time took a sharpie, wrote a vertical line, turned that C into K. It was brilliant. Um, but yeah, shoot me an email if you have any questions. And so, Corbin, uh, and just so people know, you have a wine club? Yeah, we have a wine club. Um, we do two shipments a year. Okay. We do a spring shipment, which is Cab Franc, Malbec, Petit Verdot, all 100% varietal wines. There you go. And then we also do a fall shipment, which is the Merlot, Cab, and then the Kristen. Um, and then we have a, yeah, shoot, it, shoot me an email. We, we do have specialized um, clubs as well, just for the sake of accommodating other people, if you want only whites, et cetera, so... Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And, and Katie. Tasting? Yes. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Go ahead, Sam. And tastings. There's no more tasting room, but you're doing tastings occasionally, maybe, if you uh, catch you on the right day. Yeah, or? if you're in the trade, we'll do trade tastings up there. Okay. Because okay. it's actually one of my favorite tastings is to go up on top of the hill and taste up there. Is, yeah. Uh, shoot, shoot me an email. We'll see if we can accommodate you. Yeah. Okay, Katie, you're on. Cause All right. <laughs> we've heard enough from Danny today. <laughs> <laughs> As if. <laughs> oh, for the release? Or oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just whatever's going all out. Give us, you know, the shit. Release. Yeah. Reiterate. Uh, how do you get a hold of you? Yeah, circle, circle around. Circle back. Yeah. You know, don't feel free. Like, St. You know, Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day once again. You can talk again. about your day job, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My day job, I work at Lambert Bridge Winery up in Healdsburg. So if you ever want to visit, um, please let me know. We'd love to host you up there. Um... So this is definitely our little side hustle, as we always call it. <laughs> it doesn't but, hustle much, I'll tell you. <laughs> but if you do have any questions regarding the release or anything around our wine, please always feel free to contact Danny and I. It's just Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at hilltarawines.com, and then Danny, 
D-A-N-N-Y at hilltarwines.com. But um, we're always happy. It's actually kind of cool. We have like a, on the request form, we love just hearing about how you've heard about us. So when you sign up, if you can say like the podcast or wherever you've heard about us. If it's enough really... people say they heard it on the podcast, I might actually get my wine. <laughs> All right, Sam, we'll throw you a couple. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's really neat for us. So like, I always try to reach out via email um, or phone and just get a hold of you guys and get to know you better. And if you are in town ever, like, please let us know. I mean, we don't have brick and mortar, but yeah. we always would love to like grab what a drink you with you. The if, if people come to town and they want to do a tasting, <laughs> undisclosed well, location. Uh, <laughs> or oh, that's even <laughs> better. Just leave Picking it at that. table in the parking lot at Winery sixteen six hundred. It's it's not important. It, they just happen and. Um, yeah. It's better that nobody Reach really out. knows. And the, to be honest, it's more like trail. I'm glad you reached out. Yeah, and it's more like sharing a glass because we don't, we didn't have the when we sold out of the 15s, we didn't really have the wine. So I was, you know, people were like, "Oh, we're coming out," but I'm like, okay, we can pour you like a glass or like a barrel sample of the Cab Franc, um, which is kind of fun too. But please always reach out if you're going to be in the area because we'd love to even just meet up with you at a restaurant and grab a drink or whatever and um, get to know you guys. So. Um, yeah, once again, if you purchase for this release, um, we'll send you an invite to our pickup party at Glen Ellen Star. And then I don't know if anyone out there is involved in Meals on Wheels, but we've been getting really involved with them this past year. So we're doing a couple events with them um, for 20, well, uh, 2020. Council on Aging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, it's a good program. The, for a while, I was the on the steering committee with uh, Marianne McBride. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and I think now she's running for supervisor. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Great program. Yeah, so, so did, I did a couple. I'm part of the Woman in Wine group for yeah. Meals on Wheels. I've done a couple of dinners and stuff at um, Lord Stanley in San Francisco and Gary Danko, which was really fun. And then Danny's done some oh, stuff those too. Are terrible I know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awful, right, awful afternoon. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's been really fun to be a part of too. Um, and then if you guys are safe, I mean. If you missed the allocation for some reason, or if you're in Sonoma, we are at a few restaurants in um, the Valley. So Glen Allen Star, Cafe La Haye, and then we're also at Sonoma's Best. I believe Todd has like our wine like in the back. So <laughs> you this have to kind of ask for it. This whole time. <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's on the secret Shout menu. Out to Todd. <laughs> the secret Shout menu is like in and out. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. Maybe it's in the uh, new locked uh, wine cooler. We'll go with that. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> that's equivalent good, to a bottle of stat. Maybe you guys, after you leave, you maybe you want to head down there and you know, say hi. Yeah, shout out to Todd. Yeah, he's been Great. so awesome. So is um, and Saul at Cafe La Haye. Ari and Aaron. Aaron, Aaron it's so cool Star. to have them you know, support us. And yeah. Well, and these are people that know wine. These these are not people that are yeah that are doing it because they're friends of yours. If if the wine wasn't good, they're not they're not moving. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to get Kanzler at Saul's restaurant for like four years. <laughs> <laughs> wow, shots fired at the end of the show. I like it. I like it. No, but it just Good thing Saul listens challenge to challenge goes on. Well, I think he's got four Blue Farm uh, uh, spots on the list. He's got a The Pinot program is full. Kevin Burns just texted me. Really? <laughs> Actually, Maureen Cottingham has been texting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, shout so here, here, here I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little shout out to my friend Jeff Bunchu. I just okay. got a message yeah. back from him. Um, so Gunlock Bunchu has bought Valley of the Moon Winery, one of the historic sites of Sonoma, and yeah. it's apparently no will kidding. be the home of Abbott's Passage. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to drag, uh, drag Katie back. Katie back. Yeah. Out, so. And and it's such an awesome thing because the property is so historic, and you know and, when we were at Kenwood, they really did a great job. Restoring it, and so yeah. that's awesome. That's back under local uh, ownership. 
Holy. So, shout out to them. I think my dad's already called about the vineyard redevelopment project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. He'll return that phone call. Yeah. <laughs> Willie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. And if you guys want to come to some cool winemaker dinners, we're going to start doing them at oh, Sante. Yeah. I know 16600 is involved. Dane Sellers. I know Jeff Cohn is in. Um, Bibiana Gonzalez Rave from um, Catalia. That's a get. I mean, um, forget us. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I, th- I got a little Colombian connection. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, uh, big shout out to Todd Jolly. Um, I got one. Yeah. I got th- this a uh, couple days ago. A guy came in here um, and he's like, we didn't have an appointment. And apparently he'd, he'd made it. He was a, a S- Antonio. Psalm from Palo Alto made an appointment for Hanzel. Got there. Uh, it was the wrong day. And he came in here. Uh, but avid listener was all about the... He had just like been listening to the Combi show, so you know, poured him the Adutet Rosé. And basically, he was here with his girlfriend, was stoked that we saved the day and were able to sit him down after he'd had blown the, the Hansel appointment, nice. uh, but did, and then proceeded to just do our job for us and knew everything, knew more about all these wines than, than, than I did because he listens to the podcast. Uh, so shout out to Antonio at uh, The Wine Room and somewhere else in... Uh, down in Palo Alto. Bird dog. Bird dog. <laughs> Jasmine shouting from the back. Yeah. Jasmine paid it more. Jasmine, come tell us about your wedding. Oh. <laughs> I had no idea. Jasmine's getting married. Okay. Congrats, Congrats to her. Need any wine? <laughs> need any wine? I got He's beautiful. All right, well, you guys. Can hey, I, can I quickly mention yeah, course, one thing? I, w- I want to give a shout out to all the... Um, up and coming and inspiring winemakers that have been on the podcast. You guys are finding some of the most, you know, um, small boutique and ins- inspirational winemakers and wine growers. And you know, it, there's this this. None of the big guys will return our phone calls. <laughs> no, that's probably part of it. That's exactly. But you, there's this new frontier, and you know, if people are still listening to this podcast, cheers to you. But it, you know, we're like two hours in, but it's there's this new there's there is seriously like this new frontier of people that have day jobs in yep. wineries or vineyards or, or do any other things, yeah. and they are side hustling with their own projects, funding it themselves, um, custom crush facilities are allowing this to yeah. to happen now it Not and and yeah, yeah well that's the i mean you know it's uh, we survived our first year because we worked ourselves to the bone and didn't pay ourselves anything like let's be yeah, honest here but it's it's cool because you're you know the last generation was like you had to own land to make it in this business. You had to buy the land, you had to grow the grapes, you had to make make the wine. And now, you know, it's it's not the the um, the landowner, it's it's the brand owner that is is starting to come around, you know, and, and it's about the story, it's about reflecting what your your values are as a person as and and you you transition that through your wines and yeah. through the varietals, um, through the way you make them. And it's just really cool that you guys have now created this platform for these young most of them young, but, um, you know, small boutique, uh, winemakers that have other things going on and get to put their passion projects to work. And I think it's really cool that you guys are uh, creating it. And it's awesome that you guys are bringing these people in here to expose <laughs> to your listeners. Okay. That's the out there. Also, they also care so much more about the vineyard too. They're actually, yeah, they're not exactly farming it, but they're always in it at least yeah. once a month paying so much close attention. And shout out again to Ann Kramer when I was working at Shakerage. I mean, those guys were out there every single week. It was great to see their involvement in, in 
the growing aspect of it. There's a new frontier so, coming with these oh, new yeah. these new wines. Yeah, no, and I appreciate you saying that because actually that's you know some of my favorite shows are not David Ramey and Richard Arrowwood and, and yeah, it's and, cool to have the the you know the it, Godfather great, speak. No, to get those histories of people that have done forty you know harvests and stuff, but it's it's just like you know sort of building the list at the Girl and the Fig for me was the relationship based wines where you're you're there's something these people do to make money and then there's something they do on the side yeah. and I always wanted to know what are you doing on the side because yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that. that's what I want to try and, yeah. that, and that's kind of what we're doing with the podcast is we're bringing you know people in that are doing things that they're passionate about because you know that's what they're spending their attention and focus on mm-hmm. and so yeah we appreciate that thank you thanks Danny yeah. Yeah. thanks and, Mr. And, Sonoma yeah and, and you know Danny a lot of this at least for me comes from that you know the vintners and growers video series they did which was too short unfortunately because it was so expensive but um, you know it, so capturing the history of the people that are you know have been there but then we're capturing the history early of the people who are going to move it forward and now people are quitting their day jobs and that uh, well, Scott at Matt and Tides yeah. has gone full time right yep he has yeah. he has so, yeah, so, shout out look to Look at Brie and Alex Cantor. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. <laughs> we're, we're decades away from yeah, leaving right. them. Cheers, guys. All right, All right cheers. cheers. All right, cheers. Big cab day. Big Good cab show day. today, guys. Yeah. If you want to check out some of our cheers. past episodes, you can go to radiomisfits.com slash the winemakers. Subscribe, review, Subscribe, tell your friends, even if you don't like it. Don't like it. Or just come see us, actually. All right, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, guys.